Hey, this is Greg Grunberg, a.k.a. your favorite Star Wars character, Snap Wexley, and you are right where you need to be listening to yet another amazing episode of the Black Squadron podcast. Welcome back, Black Squadron podcast. If you guys thought last week was a skeleton crew, boy, do I have news for you. I'm BP, and today I'm joined by, and only by, Todd. How you doing, man? I'm pretty good. There's been so much happening in the Star Wars universe in the last week since we talked. It's pretty much all been comic book related. Pretty excited to get into that at some point here tonight. But uh, tonight's episode actually is all about gaming. Star Wars gaming. I know both of us have uh, been into this for a long time in terms of Star Wars and gaming. But before we get into that, we got a couple things to get to. First and foremost, we have a website, BlackSquadronPodcast.com. This has been a long time coming. We have our links to everything that we have. We have our shop link. We have our Twitch link that we don't use, our YouTube, a <laughs> uh, little bit of everything. There's a sneak peek of some of our Black Squadron podcast trading card set that I've been working on. I'll have some news on that sooner than later, by the way. I'm really excited about that set. They are chef's kiss beautiful. There's some really fun ones, and there's some really dumb ones (laughs) that I'm equally excited about. So yeah, up next, Hollownet Headlines. All right, we got a couple of productions going on. Obviously, they're doing the Star Wars Andor series. They're filming that. Kenobi's getting up and running. Like we said last show, starting filming this month. So, of course, whenever productions start happening, we get set leaks and photos of sets. So we have been getting sort of a slow drip of set photos for Andor. It's mostly aerial view, like someone flies a drone up, takes an overhead image of a bunch of different set designs and and buildings. We did get recently a bunch of actors dressed in the all-white Imperial officer uniforms that we saw Director Krennic wearing in Rogue One. So these are the same uniforms that are for the members of the Imperial Security Bureau. So the fact that they're branding this Andor series as a spy thriller, it makes sense to have the Empire's version of like the CIA or uh, a security military intelligence, basically. Now, did any Uh, of these set leaks, did any of those officers have capes? Like critics? I I did not see a cape. (laughs) And I was really sad to not see any capes because... I think every single one of them should have a cape. Like, it's just like <laughs> you get all of the Imperial security officer walking through and just a swarm of capes are behind them. The ISB is like notoriously gnarly in books and everything. So if they go that route and this, I have a feeling this show is going to be a little grittier than we're used to in terms of Star Wars. Well, and I think it's still going to be like Star Wars that we know, but it's the same kind of vein that Rogue One was in where it's a little darker, a little grittier. So I definitely think we could see that darker, grittier spy nature come out in this show. All for it. I love it. I like the darker, grittier stuff. I think it has its place in Star Wars. You don't want, obviously, a whole bunch of dark, gritty Star Wars because then it gets a little not so family friendly, which is not, you know, George is all about kids and, and family friendly content. He, does, uh, he doesn't own it anymore, so who cares? <laughs> that's true. That is true. We did also get some Kenobi set leaks. These were, I believe, a TikTok video, which is the fact that 
that is a thing cracks me up. I mean, TikTok obviously blew up during the whole pandemic and the fact that there was a set leak video via TikTok. That statement alone makes me laugh. But it was basically just someone, you know, walking through. Uh, I think they were on a golf cart at one point, like driving through some of the sets. And it's just buildings that look like they'd be on Tatooine, which makes sense. I mean, the show you'd think predominantly takes place on Tatooine. It follows Obi-Wan in his self-imposed exile on Tatooine. Yeah. So nothing too crazy there. But it is a good reminder that these are still uh, still happening. These productions are, are going on right now. Uh, now, did you ever read the Kenobi book, the Legends book? I didn't. So I never actually got too much into Legends. I read some uh, some stuff, mostly like the Boba Fett, Jango Fett books that came out when I was mm-hmm. younger. But I didn't really like I was just a little too young for the Legends stuff. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, I wasn't like super into the, the staying up with the fandom and stuff like that. And then. I sort of had a renaissance recently of, of wanting to get back into it. So I, I missed the Legends era. I, I, I never really got into Legends either uh, myself. I read this Kenobi book because I was set up at a Comic-Con as an, an artist alley. And where my table was and where like celebrity guests were set up were like connected essentially and the booth two down from mine was john jackson miller so and sitting with him was bria lavornia who we've had on the show here who is mm-hmm. a legend in her own right so i knew her so i went up and he had the kenobi book and he signed it john hancock style like the whole book is john jackson miller uh written on it so i read it and i loved it i if if we got some of that action in the show i'd be super thrilled yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely curious to see sort of how they they paint this whole story because I mean you could have him just sitting on Tatooine protecting Luke, mm-hmm. but I feel like that would get kind of dry after a while. And these I'm assuming are gonna I think they're supposedly an hour long episode each, so I don't want to see Obi Wan sitting in a desert <laughs> protecting Luke for an hour <laughs> each week. I suspect he'll fight uh, some of Jabba's people or protect some farmers, deal with sand people. I suspect there'll be some. Qui-Gon force ghost action with that being said I, I I honestly don't care I just I cannot wait and you know they're gonna do it you know there's gonna be hello there <laughs> some like some way they sneak in a, a hello there even if it's not him some- like what if it like if someone sees him like at a uh most isolate or something and they go hello there <laughs> and he kind of just goes <laughs> wait a minute that's my line <laughs> I'm I'm definitely curious to see who they sneak in because you know they're gonna make like some subtle nods to to characters that we know. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious definitely to see who they sneak in with that, but I'm excited for it. So next up, we got some publishing news. So High Republic number one is going back for its fifth printing. That's crazy. Congrats, Kevin. It's always great to see that. And we got a whole bunch of news about the second phase of the High Republic. So it's going to kick off with High Republic number six, which is written by Kevin Scott, and that'll be out on June 2nd. Then we're going to get Hidden Danger Part 1, which is the next installment of the serialized fiction that is in Star Wars Insider. So they, when they started up the High Republic, they brought back serialized fiction to Star Wars Insider. Hidden Danger Part 1 is going to be the next iteration of that. It is going to be written by Justina Ireland and will be out on June 8th. The Rising Storm is going to be after that, and it's going to follow the events of Light of the Jedi with the heroes of the High Republic era returning to face a fearsome foe that is written by Kevin Scott and will be out on June 29th. Also on the 29th, we are getting the middle grade novel Race to Crash Point Tower by Daniel Jose Older. And on July 7th, we are going to get the High Republic Adventure number six written by, again, Daniel Jose Older. We're getting the young adult novel Out of the Shadows on July 22nd. 
written by Justina Ireland. We're going to get another audio original novel on August 31st, written by Kevin Scott. We talked about this on the last show, but that's the audio novel that'll follow Lorna D, who is your favorite because she named her ship. Love the her. Lorna D. Love her. Best pirate in the galaxy. <laughs> we are getting our first High Republic manga, and I believe it's the first High Republic manga, on September 7th. And that is going to be written by Justina Ireland and Shima Shinya. And lastly, we are getting an 8x8 storybook by George Mann. And George Mann has done some of like the Star Wars like fairy tale kind of inspired books that we've gotten. And that's going to be titled Showdown at the Fair. And that comes out on October 5th. So a whole bunch of books coming out for the High Republic. What uh, is 8x8 just like the size of the like, dimensions? I didn't look too much into it. I but it's like a square might- book. Yeah, I imagine it's just going to be um, a square book. But if you want more details, you know, StarWars.com's got a full write-up on everything, like a short little blurb about each of these. I'm excited for the audio dramas. Those have been a lot of fun. I'm listening to the, to the Afro one right now. Oh, how, how I, is I, it? I'm about to start it. I've enjoyed it. I haven't read any of the Afro comics. Oh, dude, they're think, so good. <laughs> I know. I've been meaning to. And it's just, it, I'm so behind on a bunch of comics and books and everything. So the fact that this, I believe is sort of like a, another retelling of Afra's origin mm-hmm. has been like a good way for me to figure out like who Afra is and, and who triple zero is and all of that. So it's, it's an, I've enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's a fun thing to put on and you have star Wars playing in your ears. Yeah. <laughs> What's Kevin Scott doing? Is he just like waking up in the morning writing for 15 hours going to bed? He's got to be all of them because <laughs> it's it's like a rotation of yeah. Kevin Scott, Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose Older, Claudia Gray's putting out great work for the High Republic. Um, yeah, it's I, I don't know. It's crazy the amount of stuff that and they I mean, when they announced the High Republic, they've said that this was going to be like the big publishing initiative. So it's it's good to see that they're still sticking to that and putting out a bunch of books and I feel bad for the people that are buying every single one of them just because there's so many. It's so hard to keep up. It, it's it's tough. Um, they're still putting out books for everything else. God, it's not High Republic. So I feel like there's definitely plenty to pick from when it comes to Star Wars publishing now. Speaking of uh, hard to keep up, the Bounty Hunter comic news that we've been getting seemingly nonstop. So this is pers- like, I love this because a the bounty hunters are some of my favorite elements of star Wars and B I'm the biggest Boba Fett fan. So anytime I see anything with Boba Fett, it makes my heart so happy. So for those who don't know, the comics are doing a big crossover event called war of the bounty hunters. It kicks off with war of the bounty hunters. Alpha number one, it comes out May 5th and the crossover is going to be with the current Dr. Afro line, the current bounty hunters line, the main Star Wars line and the Darth Vader line. We're also going to get a couple of one shot stories. So one follows Jabba the Hutt. I think there's another one that follows Forlom and Zuckus. And we're also getting a five comic War of the Bounty Hunters comic. So there is an unbelievable amount of crossover and comics coming out. And it's all about Boba Fett having captured Han Solo after Empire taking him back to Java and things just not going smoothly. So sort of uh, everybody wants a piece of piece of Han Solo and Boba Fett's like, well, now I've got way too many people after me. There have been, I feel like 15 covers a day 
uh, it's, un- announced. Um, the connecting cover is currently the number one favorite for me of the Bounty Hunters. It's like the Empire Strikes Back scene where we first see them all together. Love, mm-hmm. love that. But there, for I feel like this, I know it's War of the Bounty Hunters, but I feel like it's just Boba Fett. <laughs> Cause, well, I think the, the, because all these variants have been for the alpha and there's been a couple of variants for uh, Afro line and, and the bounty hunters line and the Vader line and the main star Wars line. But this alpha comic that's coming out, alpha number one has got, I don't know, somewhere around like 40 ish variants. It's crazy. Um, It's got variant covers with action figures on it. It's got variant covers with Boba Fett doing crazy stuff on it. It's got, they're going they're going uh, big for this too. Like Neil Adams, legendary comic artist Neil Adams is doing a variant cover. Like that's that's nuts. Like you know it's something they're putting a lot of eggs in this basket if they get Neil Adams to come in. I'm I'm curious to see cuz I know obviously we've got the the five run Bounty Hunters, more of the Bounty Hunters um comic line. I'm curious to see how much the crossover like how many issues that that crossover event is taking place mm-hmm. cuz I think there's two announced for each additional line so there's two afro ones so far there's two vader ones there's two main star wars ones and there's two bounty hunter ones that are for this crossover specifically is forgive my ignorance if i if this is dumb is cad bane still alive during this time so before clone war season seven came out they gave us all the animatics of like what would have been the final season of Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And one of them has Boba Fett fighting Cad Bane. I've seen that and that's yeah. incredible. And then that one, Boba Fett shoots Cad Bane. Cad Bane shoots Boba Fett. Boba mm-hmm. Fett gets a dent in his helmet. I don't know off the top of my head. if I don't think they're like considered canon because they weren't ever finalized and mm-hmm. published. So maybe we see Cad Bane pop up again and that would be, That'd be cool. pretty cool. Or they're saving Cad Bane for... Live action or something. Yeah, throw him in with the Mandalorian with everybody else. Book of Boba Fett. Knock on the door at the castle and they open it and it's Cad Bane. That'd be cool. I am am so unbelievably excited for that. Like, And I know as we get closer to like August and and closer to that December premiere date, we're going to get more content for it. And I'm like just like gripping my seat, like waiting, counting down the days. Lastly, we got a whole bunch of new toys announced. So I'm going to toss things over to BP for our cargo hold segment. Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. All right. Yeah. So we've got a ton of info. So before we get into this, make sure if you want any of these toys to check out Skyward Fun Supply at skywardfunsupply.com. Use code BSP10 to save 10%. Uh, So up first, we've got a bushel of black series figures (laughs) so we finally rounded out the bad batch we have tech i the figure with the helmet on looks great figure with the helmet off to me looked really weird it's like they kind of were trying to make it look like tim morrison and the tech from the show and they like mixed it together but it just came out as a random white dude if i get this figure which i probably looks i have the other three i'm never taking his helmet off (laughs) ever uh, I think that's fair. Yeah. I, actually, I don't plan on taking any of their helmets off. Maybe Wrecker, just because he has... Uh, Hunter, too, because he has that cool face tat. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. I can't wait to get, the, <laughs> I can't wait to get all these figures. I'm so excited. Um, so, Mandalore, more Mandalorian stuff. So, we get, we're get we getting Q90, the droid, the all-black droid from Season 1. 
I'm particularly excited because Sasha Banks is my girl. <laughs> Casca Reeves is getting a figure. I hope they do a running change and fix it because they very clearly use the Bo-Katan figure and just put a Casca Reeves head on it. But she has shin guards and knee guards and Casca in the show did not have that. So I'm hoping that gets fixed before the release. Uh, we're getting a general Lando Calrissian from Return of the Jedi. And then Aurora, Aurora Singh from the Clone Wars. Um, I didn't notice that her antenna is really thick comparative to how it is in the show. And I actually heard them talking about they tried to make it thin and it just wouldn't work on the figure. So that's why it's a little thicker than it should be. So it lasts, I suppose. Was it just like breaking off in production or I was think so. it? They yeah. And it was flimsy and uh, like it, the little bit of heat or cold, it was kind of just wilting and you don't want your antenna to wilt, you know? Which is weird though, because obviously all the Boba Fett helmets and, and any bounty hunters that have a rangefinder, they have a thin, like they don't have a big chunky rangefinder. So I'm wondering why they had such issues. Maybe if it's just the reason why, because it's actually like implanted in the head skull versus on a helmet or something but and i'm wondering if it had anything to do with the shape too because on aurora it's round and on the all the mandalorians it's like that square honestly mm-hmm. i have no idea if that would have any sort of effect but this off the top of my head that's what i'm thinking i'm an inbox and package collector so it doesn't matter to me <laughs> the packaging is a part of the figure to me i love the art maybe it's just because i'm an artist and i'm a, I'm a nerd for that but i love the packaging too so not a big deal for well, me well, and ever since they changed over the whole style for how they do these Black Series boxes, like there's definitely a bigger appeal to keeping it in box, in my opinion, than mm-hmm. I'm an out-of-box collector. So I still keep all of my boxes. <laughs> my closet is full now of just Hot Toys boxes and Black Series boxes and Funko Pop boxes. I don't want to get rid of them just because the art and the, the mural aspect that they're doing on the Black Series now. But man, it it gets rough having all those boxes. <laughs> yeah, I have a, a bunch of Funkos in the basement that are just in a box. <laughs> and I don't want to get rid of them because I swear every time I get a Funko and I get rid of it in like five or six years, that's like the hot, super hard to find, super expensive Funko. So I'm just going to keep holding on to them and see what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so then we got some new vintage collection. Uh, figures. We got a Han Solo indoor figure, which the coat looks incredible. Like soft goods coat on a three and three quarter inch figure. It's hard to do. Crushed it. Uh, they did a really good job. Uh, we're getting another Admiral Akbar, a Hoth Luke, another Royal Guard, and they are using the same picture for the card for the Royal Guard as they did the original Kenner figure forty some years ago. Uh, and then a Target exclusive, Antok Merrick and his X-Wing from Rogue One, the leader of the Blue Squadron, I believe. So shout out to the Blue Squadron. So that's probably, what, the same size as the Poe Dameron one from a few years ago? I would imagine, or even the the Luke X-Wing that yeah. they had a, few, a little bit ago. I'm sure they just took the Luke vintage collection <laughs> yeah. X-Wing and repainted it. And we're like, all right, here's a new X-Wing. Have fun. Yay. We did it. Uh, and then some more. I guess this is technically the vintage collection, right? Uh, the great. Yeah. This is, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're getting the gaming greats that we got in Black Series form. We're now getting it in the three three quarter size vintage collection. So we're getting the Scout Trooper from Jedi Fallen Order with the energy baton 
Dolbaton, I think. The Shadow Trooper from The Force Unleashed. The Heavy Droid from Battlefront 2. And the Purge Trooper from Jedi Fallen Order. And it does have the Electro Staff. Never forget at the Jedi Fallen Order panel at Star Wars Celebration when they brought those Purge Troopers out on stage. And they walked out and I was like, oh god. <laughs> those are some sick troopers. I will say I was a little shocked when I actually played Jedi Fallen Order of mm-hmm. how easy it was to kill <laughs> the first troopers. Like yep. after after all these hype and the, the hype in the trailers and, and seeing them at Celebration and then actually fighting them, I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. But I'm also like, don't go above like the second difficulty because I don't want to throw my <laughs> controller out of window or something in anger and frustration. Uh, yes. That is correct. Um, and then, lastly, we are getting a Wedge in Tilly's helmet. So it's very similar to the Luke Skywalker X-Men helmet that we got. They announced the Star Wars Celebration, actually, last time there was one. Um, it's the same exact internal features and just painted for a Wedge. So I'm a sucker, so I'll pre-order it. <laughs> I'm excited to get it. It's um, the sounds from the Battle of Yavin and the Imperial Attack on Hoth. I just got the uh, Luke X-Wing helmet and I remember putting it on for the first time and just the biggest like dorkiest smile like having the different lights because it, it like if you get shot by a TIE fighter like it has the actual like green lights of TIE fighter shooting around you and hearing the sound clips from A New Hope and, and the attack on the Death Star is such a cool feeling and it, it really adds another level to these cosplay-esque helmets that, that Hasbro's putting out for the Black Series. Uh, and like I said before, all these figures, with the exception of the Merrick figure in X-Wing, can be pre-ordered from Skyward Fun Supply. Uh, so make sure you're using that code, BSP10, save yourself a little bit of cash. We are getting more Star Wars stamps. You can't hate that. You get some droid stamps that come out on May the 4th. That's another thing that I keep getting in trouble with, or I keep doing even at work. I'll say May the May the Fourth mm-hmm. instead of just like May Fourth, because <laughs> it's like well, a, it's like it's a holiday. <laughs> I was gonna say it's 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 that one like if you're a Star Wars fan, May Fourth is like you you circle it on the calendar. Yeah. You have a big like I'm planning on taking the day off, cooking a bunch of Star Wars foods, watching a bunch of Star Wars stuff. I'm getting Bad Batch, obviously, so I'll be watching Bad Batch and watching the movies, watching Mando. It's a day. It's a, it's a, it's a holiday. It, it's literally a holiday for people like you and I. <laughs> it should just be a national holiday at this point, honestly. It really should. Actually, the 4th through the 6th. Uh, yes. <laughs> I actually have uh, the UK, I guess, exclusive stamps from when Force Awakens came out. Um, it was a whole set. A friend of mine over in the UK sent me a set of it. So I was super happy to get that. Um, so I might actually get some of these droid stamps just to put away for a rainy day. You never know. I uh, pre-ordered two of them. One, obviously, for display and one to use because that's how we roll as collectors. You got to have one for <laughs> the keep it in the box and the take it out of the box version. I've got one <laughs> set of stamps for if I ever need to send mail. And I've got one set of stamps to look at because they're real pretty. That that SNL skit is so real. <laughs> I remember when that skit came out and it was before I got really big into like collecting and, and all the different elements of my Star Wars collection now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll never end up like that. I'll never be the kind of guy that buys multiple figures and has like a carded one and then out of box one. And now I do. And I'm like, man, this is I'm not going to tell any of my loved ones about this because they'll judge me. <laughs> I lost count of how many people sent me that video when it came out. Like, It'll occasionally pop up in like my recommended YouTube video, which yeah. ouch, thanks, YouTube algorithm. <laughs> um, 
and it, it still makes me laugh because it's just like it's like this is funny but also a little too close to home uh and if you guys want to order these for yourselves we'll put a link in the description to the podcast so you guys can go right from there and then and you support the postal service um and then what do we have next oh hallmark keeps just keeps coming at you with more and more Star Wars stuff that you can't afford, but you want, including the lights and sounds Death Star Tree Topper. Uh, I can't wait for this to arrive. And my wife just look at me with that look of why. <laughs> uh, and then you just say, why not? Yeah, yeah. I have a more powerful question for you. Why not? Uh, we're also getting a Luke and Obi-Wan. Which Obi-Wan is it? Is it um, Ewan or is it Sir Alec? Alec, it's that. all these are all a new hope a new hope okay and then r2 and c3po and it looks like they all synchronized to play see play out scenes from a new hope so that would be awesome to have on your tree maybe and no if people listening if you're listening to this podcast it's awesome <laughs> um and then of course gotta have another grogu ornament um i suspect there's going to be a lot more between now and december so the first of many i i presume um and then lastly May the 4th, we just spoke about this. There is going to be an event over at Sideshow.com. So get your wallets ready. <laughs> so every year they do a sale on May the 4th for Star Wars things. And by the sounds of it, they're going to bring back some previously sold out figures. Any particular ones that you would keep your eye out for? So I was I popped into their unsold out live stream just because sometimes they'll occasionally drop figures that are no longer in production or are sold out or you can't get anymore unless you want to pay super crazy prices on eBay. And they didn't, they were like, Oh yeah, by the way, we're not doing any star Wars. We're saving all that for May 4th. So I don't know what we could expect. I know we're obviously going to get discounts. They always give sales on popular characters. So Boba Fett figures are always save $25 or free shipping or something like that. They're not crazy discounts, Mm -hmm. but it is enough that if like, you've been on the fence and you're waiting for for a specific figure to to pull the trigger and get one. So I know I'm probably going to pick up something. Mm-hmm. There's probably going to be a bunch of announcements. Um, I know Sideshow is probably going to announce some figures on May 4th, just because it makes sense. You're going to have a captive audience <laughs> looking for stuff. Hasbro, I think, is going to announce some stuff. They're probably going to do an event on May 4th. Oh, I'm calling it right now. Sideshow is going to announce a Bad Batch set. Either Bad Batch or they still haven't really announced any Book of Boba Fett related stuff so i could see like that that rearmored boba getting announced if he's not announced before that mm-hmm. maybe a, a fennec shan gets announced and those are two i want to get both of those just because then i can like find someone that makes the thr- the jabba's throne mm-hmm. and like have that awesome end scene yeah, from yeah. mando and that'll be my display for them. <laughs> uh, speaking of Boba Fett hot toys, um, on our website, blackswatchandpodcast.com, he, that sideshow figure of the new Boba Fett set is the BSP figure of the week. So check that out on our website. There's some really good pictures and a link to pre-order if you are in the market. Uh, and then lastly, in terms of toys, actually, I have one other thing after this, not on our show notes. So I'm going to throw it at Todd and see what happens. Um, Sideshow Hot slash Hot Toys announced a one-six scale Ahsoka Tano from season two of The Mandalorian. Now you can either get her by herself or you can get her in a set with Grogu. Um, they are both currently up for pre-order. Uh, so all you have to do is go over to Sideshow's website and I'm confident it's on the front page. So check that out if you're in the market. It is Rosario Dawson's likeness. Do with that what you will. If you're building a It's man- a good looking figure. It really I, is. I think I think it's a good looking figure. My only hesitation, and me and BP were talking about this earlier, is that they had so 
some of the figures that they do, they do this like seamless. So it hides the joints and everything look to them. And they did one for a wonder woman figure and it was notorious for ripping under the arms. So I'm hoping that this isn't an issue with the Ahsoka Tano figure. Cause I know everyone's going to want to do action poses or lightsaber fighting poses or something like that. And it would really kind of, you know, not be great to have slight tears in, in a figure. So fingers crossed that that won't be an issue. But other than that, it's a great looking figure. The deluxe set, because every deluxe Mando set now is coming with a, a Grogu. I've got like two one six scale Grogu's now. It's going to be an army. I don't know what to do. I have Grogu in one six. I've got Grogu in life size. I've got Grogu in black series scale, which that is the cutest packaging ever when that came out. It's so I remember, small. I remember getting it and I looked at it. And I was like, this is the tiniest action figure aside from like the Porgs. It's the same design as the Porg one. It's funny because it's that- I was just on Gonk Toys website. The, they make acrylic cases for a lot of things. And one of the cases they make is for that little black series Grogu. <laughs> it's so little. Like it's r- kind of ridiculous, but we love it. Listen, you know, there's inbox collectors and inbox collectors want to protect their boxes and you got to protect this tiny little box. You yeah. got to have a tiny case. I am so close to ordering uh, from Gonk to, for my for my Den Black Series figures. Nice. I got I only have one carded like one figure that I've kept in like a case and protected. Mm-hmm. And it's the um, San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Boba Fett that came out. Uh, yeah. I think it was like two years ago or three years ago that had the um, Kenner paint style to it oh and there was another hallmark uh we forgot and i cannot believe we forgot it it's the, the literally the scene from the end where boba fett's sitting on the throne and it yeah, looks awesome i'm buying that i'm gonna be hurting i think a bunch of those come out in like june or july so i'll be recovering from may 4th and then that'll come out and then i'll be recovering again until something else comes out and it never ends i guess it's, it's a vicious cycle the the he, the face sculpt on the Costco Reeves is incredible on the Black Series figure. Like they, well, it's they do that like photo reel, right? Yeah, they crushed it. It's so good. I've I've enjoyed Black Series for the most part. It's it's been a fun line to collect. Some of them are a nightmare to try and get. I remember when the heavy infantry Mandalorian came out and it was that Best Buy exclusive. And this is the fun of collecting is <laughs> you know you you work your way to a website or you try and go hunt it down in person. And I remember just how much like I was I'd have like all the websites up, like refreshing nonstop when it was supposed to go live and then sprinting to get it in my car, sprinting to check out. So I've, I've been able to get all the Mando ones and that's sort of where I've been focusing my my Black Series collection on. So fingers crossed they keep them coming because I'm running out of space. So who's left from Black Series in terms for Mandalorian? So Axe Wolf's right. So we need Axe, we need um, Fennec, which I'm shocked they haven't done a Fennec yet. I suspect that'll be May the 4th announcement. Well, probably. Well, see, I think they might be because they're doing the packaging mm-hmm. things. I think they might wait and do Book of Boba Fett and release Fennec and the rearmored Boba together. But we haven't gotten a Cobb Vanth. I'm sure that's coming because oh, everybody's yeah. thirsting over Cobb Vanth. So. Everybody will be thirsting over the Cobb Vanth action figure. I can't believe their Sideshow hasn't put that out yet. So that, that'll probably be a May the 4th too. It, well, it's just a different head sculpt, honestly. Because the armor, it's a little bit different. Like the, Obviously, the undergarments are a little different. But the armor itself is the same as what we just got with the, the Boba Fett figure that came out. I haven't been looking for Black Series figures, really. 
All right, so that's going to do it for our cargo hold section. And up next is what we're all here for, and that is Star Wars Gaming in a Galaxy Far, Far Away. I'm trying to remember the first time I ever played a Star Wars video game, and the thing that keeps popping into my head is Aladdin's Castle in my hometown was an arcade, and it had the Empire Strikes Back arcade game. The Atari 2600 one? Or yeah, the, uh... the Atari with the... like. Uh, really terrible steering wheel. <laughs> uh, I remember I put so many coins into that. I've played that hours, hours upon hours. So much to the point where here in DC, non-pandemic era, every year they do this weird gaming through the years event at the American History American Portrait History Museum, um, which is right across the Capital One Arena. So we would go to it every single year. And it's every floor has arcade games, every console ever made, every game ever made, people who made new games there, you can test them out. So like the whole idea is it's like a Comic-Con. You, you test everything out. It never fails. I see that damn Empire Strikes Back arcade game, and I'm there for hours. <laughs> never fails. That's how much I love that game. It's I've never played... That one, mm-hmm. I remember the first game that I can remember was I had a friend that had Dark Forces. So that's my first memory. And then the first game that I can like actually like remember, remember playing is the first Battlefront, the original Battlefront. And I played that thing to death. Like I remember <laughs> I got a PlayStation 2 and then just played Battlefront nonstop. I had a PlayStation and a screen in my car. Uh, so when I was 16, <laughs> uh, sc- while well, I was in high school, I would go out to my car at like lunch or a free period, play Star Wars games. <laughs> uh, I had a job at the time at a grocery store. If I had a break, I'd go out to my car, play Star Wars or Tony Hawk Pro Skater because that was the hotness at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I've been playing Star Wars video games over half my life. Uh, it's how important or how ingrained it is into my day to day. now. I play Star Wars Battlefront 2, the 2017 version, basically every day. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not great at video games, with the exception of this game, where I'm confident that there's nobody who can beat me if we played 1v1. <laughs> I'm very confident. <laughs> See, I'm the opposite, where I'll hop on Battlefront 2, and I'll spend like 30 minutes just dying over and over again. Or I'll get a, a, ro- I'll get a droid to cut, or... or flying a plane i'm not bad with the the starfighters mm-hmm. and like kashik and some of the the maps where you can like spawn in starfighters for the first like half or kashik you can at least do it for most of the map mm-hmm. um i will just fly and do like strafing runs and bombing runs and make people rage quit out just because i'll rack up so many points in starfighters i'm really terrible at flying games in general I don't know what it is. It's not, I always say it's too slow, but it's not slow in sense of, because you're, you're flying. It's super fast and you're super agile now in games now. But for whatever reason, it's slow in my mind. I can't explain what I mean by that. But if you fly around, you maybe you kill somebody and then you get killed from behind. You spawn back in, kill from behind. Spawn back in, kill from behind. So just like this cycle of maybe one or two kills and then kill from behind. So it just, but for whatever reason, I just can't stay invested in like Star Wars Squadrons came out. I played it a couple days and I haven't played it since. I've popped in and out of it. And when it first launched, at least like everybody was kind of on the same playing field because everybody was learning the controls and, and how to 
navigate and different loadouts and stuff like that. And then if you like fell off and went and did something else and then tried to come back into it, Mm -hmm. it's like everybody that stayed and grinded through is way up here at like a completely different skill level. And I'll be like casually like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to fly in with a bomber and maybe, (laughs) nope, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. Okay. I'm good. I'm done. I don't, I don't want to keep dying anymore. So gaming has changed a ton since Star Wars started making video games. Um, it's kind of hard for me to do an old games versus newer games because obviously Knights of the Old Republic, Jedi Academy, the original Battlefronts, Commando, Republic Commandos, the pod racing game, so much fun. But they're they're nowhere near the same level as the latest Battlefront game in terms of graphics or abilities but there are things like there's no mace windu and like the new one like things like that little things like that so like nostalgia obviously awesome love those games but they, they just can't compete with new, new gen tech not to say that when it's bad. almost it's almost a trade-off because obviously graphics now are insanely beautiful especially if you have some of these like higher end like i just built a pc and i can run battlefront 2 the new version at you know 1440p high refresh rate and just the lighting and the graphic, it's just, oh, it's so, so beautiful. Whole reason I built a PC was basically so I could play Battlefront 2 in pretty, in pretty graphics. But, you know, that original, the original Battlefront, the original Battlefront 2, you had so many more characters you could play as. And just elements of that were, I don't know, you, you just, there's definitely been, you get a better looking and a better quality as far as controls but those original ones i'll still go back and play the original battlefront the original battlefront 2 and i'll go do like galactic conquest because everything nowadays is kind of more geared towards multiplayer Mm -hmm. and sort of that whole multiplayer arena whereas the original battlefront the original battlefront 2 you could sit there and play galactic conquest for hours upon hours upon hours and i remember just staying up like through the night and i'd work my way through planets as the empire and just absolutely decimate rebels, and it would just fill my heart with so much joy. We would we would do land parties for Republic Commando because it was so much fun, like so much fun. I would love for them to put that out again with today's tech, like just how much fun that would be. Um, they actually just released that in the last week or so to PlayStation and Switch. Yep. Yep. So it just came out for. I guess it, I don't know if they remastered it or just reformat it so it would work on the PS4 and the Switch. I have it on my PC because Steam is one of those nice things. You can get older games without having to wait for remasters. So I've played I played it for the first time a couple of years ago. And I would love to get a like Republic Commando style game on like new generation tech and I don't know. We'll see. There's a there's a you know promising future with gaming in Star Wars, but they could easily do that because they have the commandos in Battlefront 2. Even if it's not Republic commandos, but just that kind of stuff, like a squad based. Because that was when Republic commandos came out. That was when like squad based games like the Tom Clancy games were kind of popular. Mm-hmm. And those had a lot of squad based elements. So that's what you get. It's basically a Star Wars version of some of the squad based Tom Clancy games. All right. So let's uh, let's just talk about a little bit of history in Star Wars gaming. So this is crazy to me, but the very first officially licensed Star Wars electronic game was from Kenner, of course, in 1979. Uh, it was a tabletop called Star Wars Electronic Battle Command. 
Players took turns examining star systems with aimed void black holes, locating enemies and searching for Magna, the Force-giving star. I have never played this game. I don't think I've ever seen gameplay of this game. So this is this is news to me. <laughs> Not even going to act like I know what this is because I have no clue. I've never heard of it. I'm interested in looking it up now. <laughs> um, and then after that, The Empire Strikes Back had a movie tie-in game, which probably was one of the first, if not the first, movie tie-in game. What else would it have been? I don't know. I know movie tie-in games over the years, especially when we got into you know late 90s, early 2000s, really took off. But I can't think of some early, earlier uh, movie tie-in games. I know I grew up on a whole bunch of movie tie-in games. Wow. Uh, so the very first movie tie-in game was in the same year as this game came out in 1982. Empire Strikes Back came out in 1982, the, the game for Atari 2600. But just before that, earlier in 1982, E.T. had a movie tie-in game. Okay, so I, I thought it might have been the E.T. game, which that game, if you ever want to go down a rabbit hole of a, a whole bunch of craziness, that game is insane (laughs) just like the way it was handled and the way it came out and the reception to it you could have a whole podcast about just that game uh and then in 1983 there was a tie-in for return of the jedi of course um which replicated the siege of the death star on screen which as we know how that worked out and then lastly to round out the 80s there was a star wars star wars was vectorized a new hope version (laughs) <laughs> uh, leaps and bounds ahead of what the 2600 Atari 2600 was capable of rendering. That was followed by another cabinet-based Return of the Jedi game that I have played. I think I've played every Star Wars cabinet game. Pretty confident in that. Because every time I go to a barcade now, that's the very first thing I look for. There used to be a barcade three blocks from my apartment, and it closed because of the pandemic. And then Atari put out another Empire cabinet after Return of the Jedi in 1985, which was the year of my birth. And then in the 90s, it really started to kick up a little bit for uh, a gaming. <laughs> of course, leave it to George Lucas, right? He saw how much money was being put into uh, video games and such. So you had George before the 90s was licensing out all these games to different makers. And he was like, hold on, wait, why am I why am I, why am I sending all these? Out? Why am I outsourcing all of this? So he brought it all in-house to LucasArts, which had already been established by then. And LucasArts in 91 released an 8-bit game called, no shock, Star Wars. There were a few more NES games like it until 92, and then we got the release of Super Star Wars. That I've played remastered, Mm -hmm. and that game makes me so frustrated and mad because the difficult... Like, I I grew up on, like, a lot of 2000s games, Mm -hmm. and they were much more forgiving. These 90s games did not care about your feelings. Like, if you want to rage quit so hard playing these games, I've gotten, I think, like, through, like, the first two levels, and then I get so frustrated and mad that I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I need to go do something else, take a break, get out of here. NES, man, it was no joke. Two two buttons was all you had, and they made it as difficult as possible. (laughs) Well, and it's all life-based. Like, there's no checkpoints. There's no, like, once you're already alive, it's like, all right, you had a good run, ready to start over. So yeah, haven't, haven't beaten super stars remastered yet. I'll eventually I'll do it, but man, I have never been so frustrated playing a game in my life. <laughs> uh, they followed super star Wars up with two more 16 uh, bit adaptations of the original trilogy with empire and return of the Jedi, which respectively came out in 93 and 94. 
in 93, we got X-Wing, which people love X-Wing. We asked Twitter, tell us what some of your favorite games are. X-Wing came up as people's favorite game. Uh, It was sort of the first time that you really got the feeling of being in Star Wars in a game. You were in an X-Wing fighter, flying around, blowing blowing stuff up, blowing up Imperial ships. Uh, We got two more expansions. We got B-Wing and Imperial Pursuit. And then in 94, they were like, well, everybody likes the X-Wing perspective. Let's switch it up. Let's go to the Imperial perspective. So we got TIE Fighter. Then in 95, we got Dark Forces, which was on the MS, DOS, and Macintosh. Which is basically Star Wars Doom. Yeah, it's basically Star Wars Doom. In 96, we got it for the PlayStation, but it wasn't really until Dark Forces 2. That game sort of was like, all right, Star Wars can hold its own as an FPS. And then we've got a whole slew of Dark Forces games since then. We got Jedi Knight, Jedi Knight Academy, like all of those stem from Dark Forces, I'm pretty sure. It's crazy how you, you have Dark Forces, which I've played because, again, all these games are available on PC. I've played Dark Forces, another game that is insanely frustrating because these games, I mean, they were designed when gaming was simpler and less forgiving than gaming nowadays. So I grew up on gaming that's much more forgiving. Mm-hmm. And going back and playing some of these games, I'm like, this is... I'm like looking up Wikipedia articles on how to like maneuver maps and figure out where I am. Really, really fun games, though. If you want to just take a walk down memory lane and, and see some cool legend stuff, they're, they're, they're a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also got Shadows of the Empire on the N64. I haven't ever played Shadows of the Empire, and I don't really know too much about the whole Shadows of the Empire, but wasn't that like a big crossover between gaming and publishing and mm-hmm. like Shadows of the Empire was a, a big deal. I feel like when N64 came out, like Star Wars gaming really went up a peg. I guess and I guess it really just made it easier, more accessible for people. Because N64, I, f- I feel like when Mario Kart became like so big, like so many people bought 64 to play Mario Kart and then realized, oh, there's Star Wars games. <laughs> well i had because i had an n64 and i don't think i had really any star wars games on my n64 but i just remember when the n64 came out just what you could do gaming wise was leaps and bounds ahead of prior to that yeah the, i'll never so. forget when the first time i saw an n64 controller how just different it was i was like why is yeah, it's got joystick the stick in the middle <laughs> it's like a, a big m with a, a long middle part Um, actually the sorry the star wars shadows of the empire is the first gaming box the cartridge box that i can remember because it was so it's so weird like boba fett's on it (laughs) which is awesome but then there's like a like a legit motorcycle on it and then like this big face in the background and just remember thinking who is that for whatever reason this cover this case is ingrained into my brain uh and then round out the 90s lucasarts started prototyping and publishing what we would eventually see in the 2000s. So we got Rogue Squadron 3D. We've got an RTS Star Wars Rebellion game. The 2000s, though, are are really when it it sort of took off and we got a ton of gaming. Obviously, you know, George was getting ready for the prequels. And as a result, we had a whole bunch of tie and stuff. And this is when I remember gaming and what I played as as a child was a lot of the tie materials for the prequels i mean i like just look at the first game we have listed here star wars episode one racer may of 99 i can't even fathom how many hours i put in that game 
couldn't even guess. <laughs> I love that game. It, it, at the barcade that I keep talking about, they had consoles, and that's the one console I always would rent, quote unquote, and play Racer at the bar. They would always get a crowd of people because everyone re- would remember playing it. They just remastered it recently, right? Racer yeah. and Racer Revenge. Yeah, it's back on Xbox Store. We've gotten a lot of remasters recently of, of some of these, the 2000s era's games specifically. It's because they were so... Imagine if they were just coming out now. Like all of these games, like never, they were never about before. They were just coming out now on today's tech. Like that, that would be, I would love a pod. Are you kidding me? A pod racing game now and given a VR aspect, that'd be nuts. <laughs> I imagine the difficulty would be insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you're trying to, it's like, like racing simulators almost like you would be trying to like manage 20 different things and. I would just crash the whole time. I'd have like engines flying off into walls and <laughs> crashing into rocks. I mean, I crash into rocks when I've ever played Squadron, so it'd just be more crashing for me. <laughs> After you wreck, you'd hit the steering wheel and go poodoo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then we got another continuation to the Rogue Squadron series, which is was the spiritual successor to Battle for Naboo. I've never heard of Battle for Naboo. This is crazy. The Rogue Squadron 2, Rogue Leader, and Rogue Squadron 3, Rebel Strike. So, Rogue Squadron, you think anything from those games will be in Patty Jenkins' movie? I don't know. Because I feel like, isn't hers supposed to be like sequel era-esque? I mean, I don't, I don't really think they've released too much info about what her movie is going to be about. I remember seeing the title, and I immediately was like, Rogue Squadron, like this is all going to be the the games and, and all of that. But we'll see. And in the news recently, because of Revan, uh, 2003, Star Wars Galaxies and Knights of the Old Republic. I bought both of those recently, uh, remastered on the Xbox store. Still good. <laughs> Go for one and two. Yeah, still good. They, yeah, were, they were on sale for like five bucks each at the time. So I was like, yep. I've been playing through a bunch of older Star Wars games. I bought a, a bunch of them like on a May 4th way back when. And I replayed kotor so funny story about kotor um i got kotor when like the physical pc game uh-huh. without knowing like when i was a child without knowing like you needed minimum system specs and stuff to run it <laughs> yeah so i had the physical pc game to play knights of the old republic and couldn't play it for years because we never had a pc that could like actually run the game we, we didn't have personal laptops and all that until we were a little older and that was the very first thing I did as soon as I had like a, my own personal laptop. I was like, all right, time to, it was like four discs. And I remember like plugging them in, installing it, playing for the first time. That game, I sank so many hours into, and I've sunk so many more hours as an adult playing it. And the second one, they're great. They're fun. I enjoy them. They, they, they hold up. I mean, the graphics, obviously something to be desired to today's standards, but the stories themselves hold up and shout out to uh, Ash and Jay from the Knights of the Republic cosplaying group. They are super into this and they are passionate and they, they, they love it so much that I love it that they love it so much. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> uh, and then 2004 battlefront. This is, it's a me iconic. This is a large part of my, my day-to-day life now, like what to battlefront 2015 and 2017. And then Battlefront 20, 2004. I've gone like completely digital with all of my games over the last like five years. I have four hard copies in cases of games, and Battlefront 2004 is one of them. I still have it for, I think it was Xbox. I've got the PS2 version at my parents still for Battlefront and Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember sinking so many hours. My buddy actually had it. 
at his lake house. We went, we went up one weekend years ago and I remember everybody was just like, Oh, you've got battlefront. And it was like a giant, like everybody <laughs> taking turns playing battlefront. So yeah. it's, it's funny how these older games can sort of uh, reawaken childhood memories. And everyone's like, Oh, like let's all play battlefront. Like you don't even have to be a huge Star Wars fan, but if you play this as a kid, you were like, yes, I loved it so much that, 10 years later or whatever it was, uh, they put out Xbox, put out gaming greats line and battlefront was one of them. And I didn't need it at all. Cause I obviously already owned it. I bought it. <laughs> That's how ridiculous it was. Uh, and then they had a hell of a run 2004 or 2003 with Kodor 2004 battlefront 2005 Republic commando. If you have not played Republic commando, highly recommend it. It's if, if you like halo, like the halo game style, you'll love, love Republic commando. And then Kodar 2, and then the first Lego Star Wars. I remember getting a Lego Star Wars on a laptop and playing it on the plane flying to France one year. <laughs> and they trying to explain it to the people sitting beside me who I didn't know what I was playing, and they were so confused because they had never seen Star Wars before, but they knew of it. They didn't. They said, I remember as plain as day, that he goes, I didn't realize those movies were Lego. <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh yeah the whole thing you're gonna love it uh and then battlefront 2 came out uh i played many hours of that so many that was so cool to have clone troopers like at the time the guns were massive like literally massive like the size of the troopers it was just so cool i remember playing with mace windu for the first time and having the purple lightsaber on the game i thought that was the coolest thing ever big big fan of that one uh empire at war which was an rts and the force unleashed and the force unleashed too i was blown away by the force unleashed this was the first time i ever bought one of the i don't even know what they're called the gaming book like the manual like the big how-to manual essentially oh basically yeah the, the hardcover gaming guides that come out yeah with, yeah, yeah with games nowadays or i guess yeah they still put them out nowadays they're so, not as big i think now but I bought that. That's how I fell in love with Sam Witwer. <laughs> so when they announced him to be voice of certain characters for certain future shows, when that happened after playing this game, I was blown away. I'll also reinforce my love for Vader, these games. Well, and the, the, the force powers in that game, it was like, all right, here's the force dialed up to like 6,000 because <laughs> yeah. so you're like just shredding. Like there's one scene where he's like pulling a star destroyer out of the sky. Like they just took the force. And it's like, how absurdly over the top can we make this? Yeah. So like, obviously you can't have someone like that in Star Wars now because it would just be like silly. Yeah. But at the time, man, that was so much fun to just destroy whole things with the force and, and these insane, crazy over the top force powers. Although in the comics, Vader is getting there. <laughs> he's slowly but surely. He, he's getting super OP. Uh, and then early 2010s, uh, the Old Republic MMO and the Star Wars Connect. I have never played anything on Star Wars Connect ever. I don't think a lot of people did. Yeah. It, I don't really remember. Like, I remember the the consoles and, and the marketing of it, but I... I don't really know. Like you had that Han Solo, the meme of like Han Solo dancing from the connect dancing game. Yep. I did play a ton and I haven't played it recently, but the old Republic when it switched from pay to I had a free option Mm -hmm. is when I first got into it. And that game is a really like fun. If you like MMOs, like it was sort of, you know, at the, the height of everybody making MMO games. That's a cool way to sink a bunch of hours i've looked at how many hours i've sunk into that game 
and it is eye-wateringly bad how many hours I've, I've played as a bounty hunter on that game. And for anybody who just doesn't know what MMO is, it is a massively multiplayer online game. I, in my, to me, always felt like a Dungeons & Dragons, but Star Wars-ish. Sort of, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's a good way. It's a RPG, so you create a character, you go on quests and adventures, and you get loot. And I've spent so many games. The, the biggest draw for me, because I played Galaxies a little bit before it got shut down. So when they released another MMO, I was like, oh, yeah, like this, I'm totally going to play this. And then once I saw you could play a bounty hunter, I was like, oh, I'm sold. I'm sold. The Boba Fett. I just was like, how can I make Boba Fett in this game? Yeah. Uh, and then 2012, as everybody knows, Disney bought Star Wars. And unfortunately, in 2013, LucasArts was shut down. I didn't until that time, until they announced that LucasArts was shut down. I didn't realize how important is not the right word, but how, how much LucasArts was in my life up until that point. And I was so bummed that they were gone. <laughs> um, and then a couple, I mean, actually, 2013, I think it was 2013, EA took over exclusivity until 2023. So we got two more years, two and a half more years of EA and Star Wars. Um, they've had some ups and downs. Battlefront 1 in 2015 was really good, but it was an online game only. And many people who play Star Wars games prefer story mode only. So that was a big huff. I think the fact that because it was it was in a sense like we're bringing back Battlefront, everyone was expecting, you know, what was rumored with Battlefront 3. Like you're going to have ground to mid level to space combat all in one seamless map. And we just got ground battle, some space battle, and it was only multiplayer. It had no single player aspect. So there's no galactic conquest in that. I remember getting it and I enjoyed it i played a ton of it Mm -hmm. but you can only play so much online before you're like all right this is kind of a little repetitive and it wasn't until they because it wasn't originally when they first brought it out you were able to then unlock blasters and new characters and new stormtroopers so when they got to the point where they were shutting that down was when rogue one came out and i remember grinding to get a shore trooper (laughs) and i got the shore trooper and then they stopped supporting the game (laughs) Well, and I think the biggest thing that hurt the original Battlefront that EA put out was that there was the base game, but then they had like five or six DLC packs mm-hmm. and you couldn't play those maps unless you had the DLC. So it's really splintered the, the player base. You had the people who had just the base game and then people who had the base game plus one DLC, people who had the base game plus two DLCs. So there was, I feel like there was an element that, and they fixed it eventually in ba- mm-hmm. with the second game, that there was never like one cohesive player base after the first dlc came out there were maps from battlefront 2015 that i really wanted them to bring back for battlefront 2 that they didn't and i was kind of bummed that they didn't do that but speaking of battlefront 2 this game wasn't even out yet and they set the internet on fire with microtransactions or at the time they were planning on having microtransactions and if you don't know what that means it was essentially pay pay to win so if you wanted to buy, let's say, a hero, you go buy Vader, and then no one else has Vader. So you're just running a train on everybody in the lobby, and you're paying to win. So What was the, the threshold to unlock him? Mm-hmm. Like when the game first came out was so insanely high, and they introduced things like loot crates, which were mm-hmm. like you could buy loot crates, and loot crates would give you star cards which are your perks and unlock weapons through the, the, the loot crate so it was really as you said like the people who put actual cash into the game 
could have an unfair advantage to the people who wanted just to play the game that they bought without spending any extra money. So that was all during the beta. Um, and right before they actually launched the game, they took all of that out. <laughs> so you still had to work to unlock heroes. Um, but I remember specifically because I wanted to prove a point because I was a Star Wars mark. When the game first came out, I unlocked Vader and Luke within the first two hours of playing the game without paying for anything. So it was very possible. You just had to be above average uh, in terms of playing video games. I'll never forget when I unlocked Vader. Like he was so OP originally, uh, overpowered for the non-initiated, that there was nothing that anybody could do to kill you. Blaster bolts were hurting, like nothing. (laughs) But it was so much fun. Like Battlefront 2, they kept doing DLCs, but they were all free. They were really trying to get their their reputation back after that initial hubbub where they just every DLC was free. So maps, uh, heroes, villains, and they put a ton in and there were some just like confusing ones. Like the last actual set of hero and villain that we got was BB-8, which is fine. He's, he's a big deal in the movies. And then BB-9E, which was BB-8, the black ball droid. What? What? You're telling me of all the villains in the Star Wars universe, that's that's the one? And my biggest thing that I'll never forgive them for is we never got a Poe Dameron in the game. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely... Well, even in the, the first Battlefront, like some of the DLC heroes and villains we got, like we got Greedo in the first one, we got Dengar in the first one, and we didn't get those two in the second one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was always scratching... I, there was there are so many different bounty hunters that I, I would have loved in the game. Like, oh, they're always going to have Boba Fett. They Bosk. brought Bosk over again. Bosk is fun as anything to play. Mm-hmm. He's my favorite. Um, but and this is where the trade off with these newer games that you have these beautiful games is there's not as many heroes and villains as there were in the older ones. Because mm-hmm. I think you had a ton of different heroes and villains you could play in the original Battlefront too. They it, There's people who data mine now to be the first to announce exclusive news or do leaks for everything, but particularly video games. And there was people, there was proof and people who have leaked before that were hundred percent correct. That there was an Ahsoka and a Saz Ventress heroes and villains to come to battlefront two. There were voice lines in there already. But we never got it, which that would have been awesome. Could you imagine seeing Ahsoka in the game or Asajj even? <sighs> God, what could have been? And we got Fen. Fen's great. I like Fen a lot, but in the video game himself, he's, he's worthless in the game. Like he has got a really bad gun, but they gave him a new skin. They gave him the Rise of Skywalker skin before they stopped giving the game any attention to move on. When Rise of Skywalker came out, they gave all the characters that were in Rise of Skywalker that are in Battlefront 2, the Rise of Skywalker. So you got Ray Skywalker with the yellow lightsaber, which I love. Love that. I played with that love today. Love that. <laughs> You've got Supreme Leader Kylo Ren, who's got the cracks mm-hmm. helmet. and So good. He's he's fun to play. It's a fun game. Like, I haven't played it in a, in a hot second, but... I literally streamed it's, it today it's, on Twitch. <laughs> it's one of those games you can just hop on and sink hours and, and have a good time and... I enjoy it. It's fun. It brings back some of those same childhood memories too. If you want to play Battlefront 2 now and you're worried that you'd be so far behind that you couldn't play with people who've been playing it like myself for the last, what is it, four years, almost five years, buy the Star Wars Battlefront 2 Celebration Edition. It has literally everything unlocked. In terms of characters, blasters, all that jazz, star cards, you're already on level playing. Now you just have to shoot people <laughs> and learn how to use heroes and villains because it's not as easy as you'd think. Yoda no, is so I... hard to use. He jumps around so fast that it's so hard to use, but it's so much fun. 
I don't even play as any of the lightsaber wielding characters whenever I use any heroes or villains because I'm so trash at it <laughs> that I stick to like just Boba Fett, mm-hmm. just Bosk, and maybe a couple of the hero side of uh, the like like Han Solo and I use a lot of Leia. Han. My favorite thing Han? to do is when we're playing online because the, the voice emotes for each character. So I love to and when like they run by each other or they're next to each other, there's banter between the two and i love that but you can actually you get a certain number of emotes that you can play or voice lines so like if i'm a stormtrooper or something of any sort and i see vader i always hit him with the the ewan mcgregor you were the chosen one (laughs) that's my favorite (laughs) thing to do in the whole game except for sam whitworth's kenobi scream from maul i love that so much (laughs) All right, so Battlefront 2, we've uh, covered that essentially. It's my favorite game probably ever, so I could talk about it for hours. Um, <laughs> so next up, Jedi Fallen Order. So I was at the panel for this game at Star Wars Celebration. I got the cool poster. I got the lapel pin. I still wear it today. I played the game for 25, 30 minutes the first time, an hour the next. Nowhere near finishing it. There's a lot of running. Not, There's a lot of your, climbing. Not your cup of tea? It's just... Boring is not the right word, but there's just like times where you're just climbing for a long period of time. And it just, just didn't do it for me. It, so I enjoy it. I think of all the games we've gotten, Fallen Order has got the best story it's, and it's, it's a beautiful single player story game. So it's, it's the story that we've gotten from it, I think is a great post order 66 Jedi story. Mm-hmm. And they've clearly set it up for spoilers for a second one with the way it ends. But the combat is definitely not super difficult, but it's not something you can just casually like if you're like a big first person shooter like URBP, mm-hmm. it's a very different kind of way to play a game. Mm-hmm. A lot heavier on the exploration, a lot heavier on the timing your combat and timing your strikes and and a lot more finesse and control, especially if you jack that difficulty way up and just go through the pure torture of some of the boss fights. I think there's a, a, a character named Malikos and I've seen people have like literal nightmares about trying to fight him just because he's so strong and has so many like powerful attacks that if like you make one wrong strike, you're dead. Like, and then you have to start the fight all over again. It's crazy, man. I, I will say like, I, I haven't put enough time into the game to like completely write it off. Like it's still on my Xbox. Like I'm going to eventually get back into it, but it does have one of my favorite ever lightsaber user attacks when he force pulls somebody to himself and rams the saber through them. It's mm-hmm. so violent, but it looks so cool for a, a Jedi at that point. Like after order 66, should be so fed up with the empire that he's just like murdering dudes. <laughs> Um, and then after that, Squadrons. Listen, I talked about it on this podcast. I was so excited for this game. Played it once. Didn't care for it. <laughs> so I think what Squadrons is, it hits the mark perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it's it's basically a, flight, a Star Wars flight simulator. It is gorgeous looking. Very simple. If you have, it's VR compatible. And if you play with a flight stick and, and that aspect, and you're big into flight simulators... It's probably the closest thing you're ever going to get to actually piloting an X-Wing. And from that, like I would buy the game just to for that element if I had all the extra peripheral stuff, because who wouldn't want to sit with VR headset and, you know, have a, a flight joystick and pilot an X-Wing and fly around. 
But like I said, the, it's very unforgiving if you've taken time off and are trying to hop into it and get a feel for the controls and the combat. And there's a bunch of stuff you have to manage. And it's 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 not an easy game, oh, yeah. to say the least. It is definitely for advanced gamers, in my opinion. Particular advanced gamers who are good at flight simulators. Because you are managing every aspect of your, your craft. It, the shields, the engines, the the blasters, everything. Like you have to physically manage those things and fly and not get shot from behind. I can see why people would like it. Like you said, it's beautiful. The game is beautiful. It's just not for me, <laughs> which is fair. Like, I, and I'm not going to go like on Reddit and trash it like crazy or Twitter, but it's not for me. And I'm glad there's people who like it. And yeah. Uh, and then after that, I've never played this game, and I know you and Cam are super into it. Uh, Star Wars uh, Galaxy of Heroes, which is a mobile game. So this game came out a while ago, and I got it when it first came out because I'm the kind of person that like whenever something comes out Star Wars related for mobile, I download it, I play it, I see how it is, and then I'll usually like go do something else for a while. So I did that with this game, downloaded it, played it for a little bit, got bored with it, went and did something else. They released a huge Bounty Hunter like update rework, and you know, as I've said multiple times, anything bounty hunters, anything Boba Fett related, I am like kicking down the door. So I got back into it. And ever since that, and that was a couple of years ago, I play this game daily, like multiple times a day. Cause it's one of those games that's set up where you can free to play, mm-hmm. but it is like microtransaction heavy. Mm-hmm. So people can buy, like pay actual money, get crystals to unlock energy to, complete tasks and stuff like that. Basically the premise of the game is you're building up a roster of iconic characters and iconic heroes, iconic villains. And it's, it's a huge grind. But if you like, when you've gotten to the point where I am, where you've just sunk so much time into this game, you're like constantly grinding. Like I've been grinding to get Supreme leader Kylo Ren for months now, like months of just trying to get one character it's it's a it's a slog man it's it's rough it's so much fun though yeah i mean that's Um, all that matters it's something you it's content that you love and you can do it easily on your phone it's perfect and this game this game gets insane updates like it's got it's getting the bad batch characters it's gotten mandalorian characters like they are constantly updating the characters in this game because it's easy for them at the end of the day like they're just adding a character fixing the the meta to, so that people aren't running the table with one specific character mm-hmm. but it's it's a cool way like i just i've just unlocked hunter and tech and they're releasing wrecker and a couple other characters over the next couple of weeks so it's 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 fun it's it's fun but man is it suck a lot of time <laughs> Now, I didn't think about this until you, you just said something, and I don't remember what you said that sparked this, but non-Star Wars game, but with Star Wars characters in it. So, Fortnite. Have you played Fortnite with Mandalorian or any of these Star Wars characters from when Rise Skywalker came out? So, I haven't. I played Fortnite when Fortnite first came out, and it's just not my cup of tea. I did too. Because it was like the vi- it it was that big, the first Battle Royale, and obviously there's been a bunch of other Battle Royales since then and just the i was terrible at it so i would die so you'd hop into a match you'd wait to get in a lobby hop in the match and i'd instantly die and it's like then you have to rinse and repeat rinse and repeat so i'm just not good at them yeah and the dying and waiting around not worth it or i like hide in a bush for like three quarters of the match and then (laughs) would like run at the last second and get killed so not my cup of tea i've i know there's the sims 
I played The Sims when I was younger. I haven't played the the newer stuff, the big Batu DLC that they had. Mm-hmm. Haven't done that. So yeah, those those are Fortnite and anything that's like Star Wars adjacent. I don't really get too much into just because. If it's not like focused primarily on Star Wars, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't really play this normally. So, yeah, I don't really want to get like all the extra stuff just to get into the Star Wars element of it. Yeah, I, I'm I, the same. Pretty much the same. Anyway, <laughs> like when when they announced uh, that Den was going to be in Fortnite, like there was a second where I almost reinstalled it on my Xbox because <laughs> I'm fine with the per- first person shooter. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the idea of the game. You, you drop in and you loot and you kill or get killed. What I have a hard time with Fortnite is building. <laughs> like you got to build things essentially to survive, uh, and I can mm-hmm. never like in my brain think to do that p- to play that style in that game. So that's why it's never really clicked for me. Yeah, it's it's just not my my cup of tea. I mean, the the when they announced in and all the Mando stuff, I was like, oh maybe like maybe, and then I remember like when I played it, mm-hmm. how much I just didn't like it, and I yeah. was like, no, it's not worth it. I can't get over it. like the, the, my love of Mando is not gonna break through on this one. Not gonna do it to yourself. <laughs> no, I don't. Wanna, I don't want to do that kind of torture. All right, and then actually, uh, 2021 January of this year, Lucasfilm revived Lucasfilm Games, and they kind of announced kind of announced the game i suppose so they're going to be doing a new indiana jones game which will be by machine games which will probably be awesome uh and then a new open world star wars game to produce by ubisoft and massive entertainment this will be the first major non-ea star wars game uh, i'm pretty excited about the uh, the uh, the idea of new non-ea star wars games very much so i'm excited about the fact like EA's had its ups and downs, obviously. I'm excited to get something different. Mm-hmm. I think EA's, of the four big games that EA's put out, two have been first-person shooters. One was through Respawn, which was Fallen Order, which is very story-heavy. Mm-hmm. And then Squadrons, which is not really even a, a full game, almost. It's more of a... It's only 30 bucks, so it's kind Yeah, of- <laughs> it was like 30, 40 bucks. Like, it's not... It's like a it's DLC. Not a full, it's like a DLC. Yeah, it's, it's like a more fleshed out aspect of the starfighter combat in battlefront two yeah. with a lot. I mean, much more fledger simulator heavy. Yeah. Um, they, honestly, they could have just added squadrons to battlefront two. Um, and then just to round it out here, when Lucasfilm was asked about the state of EA, cause like I said before, they had an exclusivity deal for seemingly forever. They didn't say much about it aside from quote, feels like there's room for others. So, I think they agree that they could be doing more in terms of video games in Star Wars. Well, and I think a lot of that has to do with just the fact that we've only gotten a handful of games, really. And EA's handled a lot of the, the console element and the PC releases of games. Mm-hmm. But Disney still had all of the mobile stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Battlefront, Battlefront 2, Jedi Fallen Order, and Squadrons, while they're all good games in their own right it's when you compare that from 2013 to now compared to all of the games we got in the late 90s all the games we got in the early in throughout the early 2000s it's definitely been a, a slower trickle of games so i'm excited lucasfilm games isn't super new when they announced like it was created a while ago and it's sort of they've revived it it's like this is what we're gonna be behind for all of the licensing of of all Lucasfilm properties. Mm-hmm. 
So that's uh, that's 40 years of Star Wars video gaming. We just covered in just about an hour. <laughs> um, so if you had to pick what your all-time favorite right now, what would you pick? Blaster to your head. Oh, blaster to my head. I think for nostalgia reasons, I would probably pick Battlefront 2 just because as a kid playing Galactic Conquest Mm -hmm. and the number of hours and the amount of fun that I had with that game and just like Battlefront was sort of my first game that I remember, but Battlefront 2 was the first like game that I really Mm -hmm. sunk a ton of time in. So if, if I had to pick one, it would probably be the original Battlefront 2 with honestly Jedi Fallen Order is the second for me. Yeah. It's a very close second. I just played a whole second playthrough of that. Mm-hmm. And the story just it's so good. And there's so many like emotional moments. And you know, the first time I played it, the ending kind of left me a little like, uh, because it, it leaves the door open for a second. And I was really hoping that this would be a sort of self-contained, like one-off game. Yeah. But playing it a second time and knowing like how things play out and where the story goes, I was able to appreciate a lot more and focus a lot more on some of the the character driven moments and, and the moments that really resonate. Mm -hmm. And it surprisingly hit me a lot harder the second time. So I think that'd be a close second. That game does with the limited amount of time I've put into it, but I've seen a lot of the story aspects on Twitter and YouTube and such that it makes me very excited for the possibility of live action inquisitors. That could be something that turns out being really cool. I think, I mean, the inquisitors have been in animation. They've been in the comics. They've been in games. Now I think that we could see something in Kenobi tied to the inquisitors. I mean, that's, that's a very real possibility and, and they've definitely set up through all these other, all these other elements through the comics, through the, the books, through the games, through the animation that the inquisitors are a, a threat at this time. So who knows? I think it'd be cool. It'd be the, the lightsaber design and the spinning lightsabers and all that. Yeah. Be, <laughs> See that in live person. Can you imagine live action? a live action helicopter <laughs> lightsaber? Like inquisitor just flying by. That's going to be, that's going to be bananas. This, it's going to lose some people who don't watch any of the animated stuff. I think. <laughs> well, I don't think they'll do sort of the more, whimsical stuff like that that we saw in rebels but i definitely think if they want to introduce like a gritty element to kenobi not just kenobi you know dealing with the fallout of revenge of the sith and and the events of that you could add this looming threat of the empire and the inquisitors and and hunting down force sensitives force sensitive children and I think that could be a cool element that we see in Kenobi. So I don't know. Fingers crossed. We'll see. We'll see what they uh, what they do with these Inquisitors. I think my favorite's obvious. It's it's 2017 Battlefront Two um, with Battlefront Two Oh Six very close second. I I love this game. I I think I have because Xbox tracks how much time you put. I, I don't know if I should say this, um, but I have a total of 56 days played on battlefront 2 which is many hours for 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 those who might not know that's just in game time so that's not like he's played for only 56 days that's 56 days of in game time so that's and that's hundreds and hundreds of hours a full-time job that's with a child that's with a uh, my own personal business that's with the podcast like (laughs) 
your commitment to that game is unrivaled. It's unbelievable. It's it's it, the graphics are stunning. Like it, to this day, when I play Ankashik, when you're in one of the trees, when you're at the top of one of the trees, and you look down, it makes my stomach drop because it looks so real. Or you're looking down at, uh, or you're in a LAAT like lasering foals like it's so cool and then you put the heroes in and you get like darth maul or you get vader uh or you you're running in a a kessel like you get to play on kessel think about all the years that we heard about the kessel run and really didn't know anything about it and then we got to play in kessel and then they did a solo update for the game and you got to change lando and han to young lando and young han and with some voice emotes by the younger actors like it was such a cool cool thing that they did in the game it's so, it's so much fun like i can't express how much fun it is <laughs> uh, so so when the inevitable battlefront 3 comes out you're saying you're gonna have even more playtime. probably probably yeah <laughs> um and, and that's, that's honestly that's just multiplayer that's just online like the gate the story mode which not enough people talk about with iden versio is really good too hell they wrote a battlefront games are so good they wrote two books about them the battlefront 2015 book which is a movie that i would love to see which is essentially just trench warfare it gets about a group of soldiers and then battlefront 2 is just is item versio starting as an inferno squad specialist uh for the empire and then inevitably going over to the rebels because of levity she she realized that she was wrong Aiden's a great character uh, i really would love to add her helmet to my collection her imperial helmet they even did like a, a small DLC for the story mode later where it was mm-hmm. an older item, which was really cool. And you even got to see Luke Skywalker like in his prime in that game in the story mode. So if you've never played Battlefront 2, cannot recommend it enough, the 2017 version. Actually, funny story. I used to work over in Virginia for when I worked at the Capitol's training facility. And there was a GameStop downstairs in the, in the mall that set adjacent to our facility. And um, that was right when Battlefront came out in 2015. And they had this giant Battlefront display. And it was a um, circular c- cylinder. And it had X-Wings in it. It had Hoth in the background. When you walked by it, it was motion and light activated. So like blaster lights would hit and sound and all this jazz. So when it was it was like a couple weeks after the release, I went down with a set a pair of tickets to a Caps game. And the first person I found in there worked out, I was like, listen, I'll give you this set of tickets to a Caps game if you give me that. And they're like, okay. <laughs> so I had this giant obnoxious thing in my office forever. <laughs> Uh, and then they made me take it home because it was like so obnoxious. And I brought it home and to our at a time in our one bedroom apartment in DC, my wife hated it. <laughs> so I finally got rid of it. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, that's, recommend that's it. amazing. If you had, if you had to pick what's one game that you would like to see made in the future now that we've, you know, seen that like not a remaster, it's not going to be, yeah, not not a remaster. Like, what's if you could pick one game that you hope that they eventually make somewhere down the line? Obviously, you know the the exclusivity with EA isn't as much of a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. They've said that they're going to have a open world game. What if you could pick like your dream Star Wars video game? Would you love to see? I would love to see a Star Wars BR like a Battle Royal would be awesome because that that's super well, hot right now. I think they're doing that with Hunters. So we didn't mention this, but Hunters is coming out for the Switch and the mobile game and mobile devices. Mm-hmm. So I don't know too much of what to expect with that. I mean, anything that's not coming to 
the main consoles are PC, I'm always a little more hesitant about what to expect. But yeah. I think that's Star Wars's attempt at jumping into the the battle royale market. I don't know if I have like something I would absolutely love, like in terms of like a story mode. I just would love a game where there was options to even if you had to buy them, I guess, of all heroes and all villains that we've met. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy that we have Battlefront 2 and BB9E's in it, but Poe Dameron's not. Like the option of adding your because he's my favorite one of my favorite characters and I can't use him in a game that that stinks. But I think another really cool game idea, and I think they kind of flirted with this with 1313, like a cyberpunk under Star Wars under underworld thing would be a lot of fun. See, that's my my dream game, I think, right there. Because 1313 was the last like game that was going to come out before LucasArts got shut down. Mm-hmm. And once they went down, all the projects that they were working on sort of just fizzled out. Mm-hmm. That would be, if they make that game, I will never see the light of it. <laughs> like, I will stay in my house, like opening, I'll take the day off of work. I will grind through that game. That is like my ultimate dream game mm. is something that takes you as a, a scoundrel or a smuggler or a bounty hunter and puts you right into sort of that dark, gritty Star Wars environment and is like, here you go. Oh man, imagine if it was just the lower levels of Coruscant. Well, and they could do, I mean, that's all you really need is yeah. this Coruscant's so massive and we've seen it, you know, in some of the tease footage that was for 1313 but even in the last season of clone wars as soon as you get off of the surface of coruscant and down into that that deep uh underbelly of coruscant it is rough it is dark Mm -hmm. it is gritty and i think a game that's set in that that's a story-driven game that lets you explore take bounties take contracts would be a lot of fun. And that's sort of my hope that when anytime they mention open game, open world game, I'm mm-hmm. like, please be <laughs> like the spiritual 1313. Yeah. Uh, if they did make a like a legit star Wars battle Royal game and like for console or PC, what planet would you want them to use? Like, personally, I can't, I can't have any more tattooing. I'm so over sand. Please don't do this anymore. <laughs> I hate it. Um, I'm just trying to think like Asian cross would be cool because there's so much like caves and forest and it's tropical ish. Uh, Takadana would be cool because it's got the, it's got that giant body of water. It's got tons of coverage. Like that'd be a cool BR Camino would be interesting, but you always have that threat of falling, falling off the platforms. Of course. I th- I think Yavin Four would be a cool Yavin would because, be cool. and that's just based off of the maps and and Battlefront Two. But the multi stage combat in that you've got you're fighting in the temples and then you're fighting in the jungle and you're fighting outside the temple and the the hangars and then you're fighting inside the hangars. So you know battle royale games are the big thing with them is scale and size and how big these maps are. I think you could do a lot of fun with something like Yavin 4 and the temples of Yavin 4 and having, you know, open areas to fight and having Close temples quarters. to fight in yeah. and, you know, having your whole variety. That or even Naboo. I think Naboo could be a really cool it environment. Be, it'd be gorgeous. Yeah, it looked pretty. 
I mean, for BR though, you couldn't really. I mean, it would be kind of be a tough sell because you really couldn't have heroes and villains in it. Like in terms of force users, and like, what if someone dropped in as Han and you're just a regular run of the mill stormtrooper? You're gonna get rocked. I think they could if they balance it properly. Mm-hmm. If they just made skins, um, like no, like you still had to build your gun, like you still had to build the DL forty four. Yeah, like, like if you just drop down and you're just like you're Han Solo, but you're not Han Solo, maybe that would work. It would be cool, and I think this what is what hunters might end up kind of looking like is you can pick like make your own smuggler or make your own bounty hunter or make your own scoundrel. Mm-hmm. And so you have just a bunch of people that feel like your own, mm-hmm. or at least you pick like a class and then go crazy with that and maybe sprinkle in some heroes or you have like a hero power up or something like that, where you turn into a hero for a limited duration or there's definitely some, some different avenues they could go in, but I'd be curious. I mean, battle Royales aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So no, I think when in this December, when halo drops their rumored BR, it's just going to get bigger and bigger. It's just going to, it's going to be nuts. Uh, I know battlefield has got one coming out here soon, which in my opinion is probably going to kill call of duty war zones BR. Cause that's all over the place. We didn't really touch on any tabletop gaming. Maybe we'll do a separate episode for that later. There's a ton there too. Oh my God. There's so much there. I've just started to get into it. I picked up Outer Rim. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, and that's that game itself. That that kind of scratches my itch for like that bounty hunter smuggler. You know what would be uh, really fun? Game. And I'm sorry to cut you off. You know what would be so much fun? Black Squadron Podcast YouTube channel. All five of us. World Poker Tour tournament style sabak. <laughs> where all of our hands are on camera, but we can't see each other's, and we're playing Sabak against each other. Don't tempt me. That Don't would be me. so much fun. So if you got something you guys want, definitely reach out. Let us know. We can make that happen. I got a Sabak set from Galaxy's Edge. It's gorgeous. Um, if you want one, they might sell them online now due the, to the pandemic. I haven't looked. But if you want to play a version of Sabak, the Han Solo card game, for, you can get it on Amazon for like 8 bucks now. It's a lot of fun too. It's a version of Sabak, not as intense as Sabak itself. So yeah, I think that'll do it for this episode. We've talked a lot, um, <laughs> but I hope you guys enjoyed this. If we missed anything, reach out to us, social media, let us know. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Black Squadron Podcast. That's how you'll find us. Definitely let us know if we missed anything or if there's a game that we didn't talk about enough or a game that you particularly love and want to talk about it. If you are listening to this podcast on iTunes, Please, please, please leave us a review, five star review. In fact, on the on the on the fly, Todd, here's what we're gonna do. Between now release day of this episode and the next release of the following episode, leave us a five star review with a little snippet, even if it's a sentence. We'll enter you into a contest to win a copy of the Kenobi Legends book. Oh, look at that. A little on the fly, uh, on the fly giveaway. On the fly giveaway. So again, all you have to do, iTunes, leave us a five-star review, a little snippet of God, these guys are handsome, you know what I mean? Uh, or something like that. And you'll be entered in and uh in the next episode I'll I'll pick a winner. Um <laughs> one once more time, please check out our website, blackquadrantpodcast.com. We have figures of the week. Uh, you can listen to our episodes right there on the website. You can see a sneak peek of our trading card set coming up, uh, which will be giveaways, by the way, and including Greg Grunberg, aka Snaplexly, signed copies of the card, which is going to be really cool. Um, and I think that's going to do it 
for us for this episode. Todd, thanks for spending the uh, Friday night with me, sir. Listen, it was fun. It's always a good time chatting, talking Star Wars, talking about all the news and and geeking out over how much we love Star Wars gaming because we both know you and I play way too many Star Wars games. Too too much. Like I'm starting to wonder if I have a Star Wars problem. <laughs> no, there's no such thing as a Star Wars problem. The problem is that you don't have enough Star Wars. I think Todd and I have sent each other 7,000 pictures in the last like five days of just Bounty Hunter comic covers. <laughs> and uh, with that, may the Force be with you. See you guys next week. 